This is MFG Out Loud. Courageous conversations about sales and marketing for today's manufacturers. With your hosts, Ray Zaganto and Allison DeFore. Welcome, everybody, to the next edition of MFG Out Loud. We're so glad you're here with us today. We always appreciate you spending some time with us and our amazing guests. And today will not disappoint. We have Dave Daniels from BrainCraft. And before I let him introduce himself, I want to ask you a question, uh, you listening. Would you love to have a product launch that gets you what you want every single time that your competitors are jealous of, that all departments work together to make successful. It sounds like a dream, but it is possible. And today's guest can help you do just that. So Dave, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you guys. I'm glad to be here. Wow. I, I'm like, is that me she's talking about? <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> oh, it is. so well, tell tell everyone about BrainCraft because I think oh, it's okay. a pretty cool concept. Yeah, so thank you. Um, well, BrainCraft was um, uh, an outcropping of years of working in the tech industry and um, seeing so many companies screw up their product launches left and right. And it, it always baffled me. I had a lot of roles in tech companies, whether it be in development or in product management and product marketing and executive positions. And I was always baffled why companies would spend huge amounts of money on developing their products and then totally biff it when it came to launching them. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday. And I guess we ought to go talk to marketing about launching a product. And then they quickly scramble with a meeting and then they sit down with marketing and marketing says, so when are you planning on launching this product? They're like, well, it's Thursday afternoon. We're thinking like maybe Tuesday. Would that work with you guys? And, and, you know, it was just, and this story is repeated over and over and it's not just in tech. I've, I've recently had uh, the, the good fortune of speaking with lots of uh, folks who are in you know, mid to large size manufacturing organizations. And they're like, oh no, this is exactly, are you reading my emails? This is <laughs> insane. And so BrainCraft started out with, you know, we got to put some structure around this. We got to put some guardrails, if you will. Um, it doesn't have to be rigid and hard, but it has to be at least some level of a framework that says, you start here, you end here. This is what good luck looks like. This is how you know it's good. And here's how to make sure that everybody's playing in the playground nicely so we get everything done and everybody's ready as best as we possibly can. And so uh, we're getting a lot of good traction on it. And, uh, you know, folks are going, you are just speaking, you know, the problem I had last year. And I'm about to have again because they see it's a train wreck. And so we we aim to solve this problem. We you know, it doesn't matter who you are or what kind of business you're in, we'll fix it for you. And we'll make sure when you launch a product, you can launch it well every single time. Our tagline is product launches your CEO loves and your competitors fear. Ooh, very nice. Now, I know 
you you have clearly been reading my emails as well. And I, I don't want to give too much away because I know a lot of uh, you, you're very you, you've got an awesome process kind of built out around this. And I, and I particularly uh, love that. What I want to pin down is, you know, the notion of the, this cross-functional uh, collaborate or cooperation that, mm-hmm. is, that is required and that it's, is central uh, to the process that you have. It, it seems like it's one of those topics that everybody can nod and agree. Oh yeah, we need to do that. But then, but then they don't, because as you say, we launched, we had all these problems and then they proceed to shoot themselves in the foot the same way, same foot, you know, again and again and again. again, and again. <laughs> What's the, what do you, what do you see as the, uh, the difference between lip service to cross-functional collaboration versus actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, uh, Hey Bob, go get the incense. We're going to sit around and burn it and sing Kumbaya for a while. Right. Um, and it's like the, the, the big issue around collaboration is especially with the, the way I like to tell people about product launch, it may very well be the most collaborative activity, the most cross-functional activity you will ever do in the entire organization. Because especially if it's a new product into a new market space, you're touching every corner of the business, everybody, finance, legal, sales, sales ops, manufacturing, distribution, they're partners, right? There's nobody that's untouched. And so the thing is about collaboration within a product launch is the mistake that people make is they think of product launch as purely a marketing activity. It's something we toss over the fence. I call it the trebuchet launch, you know, like the pumpkin chunking, you know, yeah, thing. You yeah. put the pumpkin on it, you hit the thing and boom, over the wall, it goes to marketing. And they go, we're going to launch a product. Would you guys take care of this for us? You know, so they, you know, they scrambled to get the presentations done and the website updated and all the wonderful things that they do. Um, and it, it never hits the mark. And then we find out that, Sales has no idea what the product is, or someone sold one and now they get get paid their commission, or someone on the customer support team gets a call and they're all hot and and, and angry because they had no idea the product was even in the market yet. And you know, you know the story, Ray and sure. Allison. I don't need to go there. But what happens is they most companies do pay lip service to the the coordination and the collaboration. And it only takes this much effort to make sure everybody's on the same page. It isn't an angry email from the CEO that says, thou shalt do it this way. You know, it's people, if they understand what they're all trying to accomplish, they'll use their ingenuity and their innovation and their experience to do the right thing. Right. So it's a motto that I learned years ago, which is better together. I mean, we can do it all better together if we just have the same, you know, music to sing from, but they don't know what they're doing. So one thing I've experienced um, in the past, and I know you have as well, but I want to pick your brain a little bit. Why? I guess to see if you see it the same way. Um it's that marketing has been tasked and I was, you know, my firm was, was of course the one developing everything for marketing um, tasked with how do we say it? How do we talk about it? And 
how often, and what's it going to, you know, what are, what are the visuals going to look like and what's the hoopla? It's the deliverables conversation, right? Exactly. But then what baffles me is it's almost like keeping it a secret from the other silos, you know, sales. And my first question to them was, well, shouldn't we bring sales in right now way ahead of time so that they're part of this and they're like, Oh no, no. Well, shouldn't we, well, what about operations? No. Those idiots. Yeah. It was, it was this fear (laughs) of resistance, right? Fear of, we don't want them messing up this thing we're trying to do instead of that working together, like you're talking about. And the thing that I saw, and this is what I want to hear from you. Do you see the same thing? I think it was that lack of a unified goal. Like you said, if we're all trying to reach the same goal, then we're all working together. But I have seen that goal wasn't really identified clearly and shared with everyone else. Do you? you, 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 Where's the button? Where's the ding, ding, ding? (laughs) You have one of those, Ray? Um, You're a badass. I I just played it somewhere. Um, That's it. And, And it's true of any major, let's just set launch aside for a second. It's true of any major initiative in an organization. If everybody understands what their role is in making it all happen, they're more likely to want to participate and reach out and talk to others. But we have a lot of silos that build up in companies over time. Some of it is just because, let's just face it, they've got crappy leadership in a company. Right? That, that happens. But other times, it's just sort of this DNA that evolves over time. Like, don't tell anything to sales. They don't need to know. Or, or you know, I'd been in those meetings, probably just like you were, Allison, where we're sitting around the table and I've got my marketing team there and we're going... Got, got a couple folks from product, you know, product managers or engineering, whatever. And we're, we're talking to them and they're, we're saying, all right, so um, let's talk a little bit about the product. Like, give me a high level overview. What does it do? Why did you build it? What problem does it solve? And why should those people care? And then I watch them be tongue tied for an hour. Uh-huh. And all they can do is present the details of how it works. And then we'd have to stop and say, I completely appreciate it was hard work to get it to do that thing you said it does. And I'm sure it does it well. What I care about is I'm going to have to go deal with some salespeople. And those salespeople are going to want to know, who should I call on? What is our unique value proposition? What words shall I do to determine whether they have said problem or not? And how do I put that in a bottle and make sure it's on our website so everybody else can see it and they know what we do and why we do it? We'll have to get back with you on that. But are we still on a go for Tuesday? (laughs) And so what, what are we left with? We're left with a lot of making stuff up. You know, we make it look really nice and professional. We use the latest design thoughts and processes make sure that the colors are fine on the color wheel and all of the wonderful things that we do, make sure the words are impactful and bold and direct. And then six months later, we're sitting down at the table and a staff meeting and going, what happened? What we spent all of this money. We created all of these materials. What happened? And then watch the blame storming meetings start. 
marketing, blaming this, you know, and, you know, it, it happens in most companies. Sometimes it's very polite. You know, it's more passive aggressive. And in other companies, it's pound your desk, your, your fist on the desk. But it's happening. And that creates distrust. And that distrust then carries over to the next time we launch. And there's no, um, there's no transparency to what's going on, right? So the, the, the way that, that I approach what I call launch objectives is around object, uh, OKRs, objectives and key results. So people can look at that. And the, the beautiful thing about OKRs is they're designed to be visible to everybody who needs to know. And that's pretty much everybody in the organization. And so everybody can look at that and go, oh, I see how what I do impacts that key result. And then I can build in turn my objectives and key results off of those, and it just cascades down. And so it isn't just me getting a list of deliverables, you know, on email and saying, Dave, I need these six six things done by the end of the month. It's like, these are the things that are going to help us get to that key result. And if we get to that key result, we're going to hit our numbers for the year and everybody's going to get rewarded for that. Yes. Do you, (laughs) I wholeheartedly uh, agree with you. And the one thing that was going through my brain when you were talking about transparency and collaboration was, do you feel like one giant way that companies can have more successful launches is by managing the risk up front? Absolutely. Talking about what those risks are. It's uh, in, in the, in our process, one of the things I talk about pretty early on um, is assessing launch risk. And the whole point there is just to get a sense of reality, right? Mm -hmm. How big a deal is this going to be for our organization? Have we sold to these kind of people before? Have we um, had this kind of product before? Have we ever supported it before? Has it ever been in our distribution network? You know, have our partners dealt with this before? And so all of those questions help raise that level of, yeah, we're big. We've been around for a while. We make a lot of money. We have nice cars in the parking lot. But are we going to fail here? Are we going to be so... um, you know, full of ourselves that we're not going to recognize the obvious risk we're walking into. Um, I, I, I have a little tool for that. Uh, if anybody wants it, you know, they can reach out to me at Dave at braincraft.com. That's B-R-A-I-N-K-R-A-F-T. So just think German spelling. Um, so Braincraft. And I've got a, a nifty little tool. It's simple. It's a two by three. You know, it's like pick a box. And it'll tell you where your risk is. And that'll at least get you going. Um, it's, it's that failure to recognize. Oh, I'll give you an example. Um, a friend of mine uh, worked for a, uh, a pretty big company, a big now, that, um, that makes products for law enforcement. And they've been wildly successful all over the world. And they decided to go into a new line of business. And that new line of business was complimentary. Uh, Police officers would wear this thing uh, in their day-to-day job. 
And so they just plowed right into the market and said, well, you know, it's just another product for first responders, so we shouldn't have any trouble. Well, it took them a a little while to figure out, while yet it eventually get to the first responder, where the money came from, who were the buyers, who were the technical evaluators, and everybody involved in saying, yes, I'll give you money, was different than what they were accustomed to. So all of their patterns of selling and marketing and the marketing channels they used and the shows they went to were not the right ones. And so they had to, I mean, luckily they didn't, it didn't hurt them too badly, but they had to really rethink this as a, almost like a separate line of business, not just another product within an existing uh, line of business, an existing law. You know, I find really interesting um, and I've been stalking your site and your process and, and all that because it just it so resonates with with me. And one of the things that jumped out and you you kind of just described it, Allison, you let it off when you talk about oh, how do you evaluating the risk and mm-hmm. what your process really reminds me of uh, in the manufacturing world is like um, uh, FMEAs, failure mode and effect analysis. Uh, because what it what it does is it's if you if you do it correctly, it's a disciplined approach to what are the things that can go wrong, putting a sense of scale to the impact mm-hmm. that would happen to the end result should that thing go wrong, and then what are you doing to mitigate it, and and the more thoroughly you go through that, you know you you do that on uh, on uh, you know process FEMA. Hey, we've already built this thing. Now we're going to run the product. Why wouldn't you apply which you are, you know, through the whole product launch? Thing. Right. So right. It's, it's just that whole thing. Makes yeah. Sense. And, and the, uh, I totally agree with you. It's, it's the, it's not saying this is so big. It's so scary. We should never do it. It's just walking in with a sense of reality of, okay, we've done these three things before. It would make sense that we should be able to replicate our success there but this part of the business has never done that before. That represents a risk to us. What do we need to do to shore it up? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. I know. Right? It's, it, but what happens is egos get involved. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, we're the biggest guy in the block. So, you know, we can't screw up, you know. Um, but they do. Big companies, they mess up all the time. It's it. It's no surprise. All you got to do is read the news. Here's a perfect example right now. And I'm sorry to all my friends who work there. Um, So NVIDIA came out with a brand new set of of, uh, GPUs, like graphic, you know, for graphics cards for the gamers, right? So my son's this rabid gamer, right? He gets involved with that. I mean, any, any parent who has kids, they're gaming something. Well, this one, you know, makes it better, faster, cheaper, well, they completely overshot the demand. And then, of course, COVID hit and the pandemic. So I was getting an earful daily from my son about how could this big company screw up so badly? And I'm just trying to spend my money and buy a new card and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, they, and I use this as an opportunity to explain, this is why I do what I do. Companies like that mess up all the time. Mm-hmm. They don't intend to mess up. They've got a lot. NVIDIA is a great company. They've got lots of great uh, products, 
but they just goofed on this one. And it could be for things that are way outside of their control, given the pandemic, or it could have been they just grossly underestimated the demand, then didn't have the manufacturing capacity to pull it off. And so now their supply chain doesn't have what they need to satisfy my kid who wants to spend six, seven hundred bucks on a graphics card. Right? Wow. Teaching moment. <laughs> well, that would have been part of that mitigating risk conversation. Yeah. Right. So let's say we we underestimate and, you know, it's like it always reminds me of watching that commercial um, where they're watching the monitor and they just launched the product. And it's like, oh, we got a sale. Yeah. Oh, God, and then it was like, <laughs> you know, holy shit. Now, what are we going to do? There's so many right. people that want this. Yeah, right. Yeah. For most people, it's the, uh, you know, it's the, the what happened launch, right? It's like you yeah. get a first couple of sales and then boom, falls off the cliff. And then sales won't touch it. They won't touch it with a 10 foot pole. And years ago, um, I, I was in the sales team as in tech, we call them sales engineers. So it's the technical pre-sales component of selling. And uh, I learned years ago, man, you do not get a second chance for a flub up. If you mess up with the sales team, they're going to be standing back a little bit because here's what they know about you and what they know about them, right? I don't make my numbers. What happens to me? I get the opportunity to explore new employment opportunities, right? <laughs> you get to go back and build another product, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So th- there's an example of risk, right? Yeah. So right there. So the product manager or any of the product people, the engineering side, they don't get fired. They get to go Usually. back and do it again. Yeah. Usually. Well, one, one thing that I wanted to ask you about that I'm curious is, do you feel like or do you see companies making this mistake where it's launch and then nothing? Crickets. Right? So you, you do this big hullabaloo and, and you get everybody excited. And then, I don't know, six months later, what are you doing to nurture those customers? What are you doing to continue? I feel like the question to ask to prevent that is launch and then what's next? Yeah. So there you go. So it's, or it could be a little bit of that build it and they will come because we're the smartest people in the room and we know what you need and we'll build it for you and you will line up um, you know, for a week before the product's available and camp out and we'll have it for you. Well, it, it doesn't happen that way. And a launch isn't, I look at launch as three distinct chunks. If you want to call them phases, that's fine by me. But um, it's like the beginning is all about planning, right? It's risk mitigation and understanding customers and where are the market segments we should go after and who are our competitors? Are there any new ones? And what's our positioning and message and UVP and all of that stuff is all about the planning is the upfront. And then there's the part in the middle that's really hard. And that is getting the organization ready, right? So all the prep plans and all the uh, assessing readiness and, uh, you know, you know, 
sales readiness is not handing your sales team, here's the presentation. That's, this is a tool in a toolbox of things. But I, as the VP of sales, I want to know, is my team ready to actually have a conversation with a prospect or a customer? And can they, can they sell? Can they actually walk through the process? And can they, can they get someone to say yes and give us money? There's that aspect of it, which is in the middle. And then there's the aspect that most people think about, which begins when we have the big, you know, beer and pizza or the products available. Yoo-hoo, let's look at the screen. Um, that requires, that, that's another whole phase in a launch. It's monitoring your launch performance metrics. Are we trending in the right direction? Do we need to pivot? because it's not working out the way we thought, or it is working out far better than we thought, and we have to pivot the other way, um, is, you know, are there any dropouts or any kind of gaps that we're missing? Uh, how are partners performing? So there's things we want to monitor to make sure that it's, you know, it isn't just, hey, here you go, love you, mean it, I hope it works out for you, sales. It's got to be, hey, we're, we're going to be watching back here behind the studio. We're going to look at all the numbers. We're going to watch them on the screen and we're going to jump in and help where we can. We may make some adjustments because this is not a perfect science and we'll learn as we go and we'll learn together. And then the last part of that is to say, did we hit our objectives or not? And have what, 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 uh, in the tech world, we like to call retrospective. I just call it a review because that's a shorter word. But a review is basically saying, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? What will we be do, do differently? What we, will we do differently next time? And what won't we do next time? Right? Because it hurt. I mean, uh, you know. So um, then that rolls back into, if you will, the um, tribal knowledge of the organization so that the next time around, it gets a little better and we tweak it a little bit and we adjust this and we make it work. I would be more, more ha- most happy when an organization applies what I teach them and then they modify it to fit their organization after they've learned. Right, they get better and they get better and they get better. I love awesome. that. Well, yep. you know, Robin Sharma has a saying And he says, change is hard. And I'm going to replace the word change with launch. Launches are hard in the beginning. They're messy in the middle and they're beautiful in the end. That's it. I love that. That's that's exactly it. I just pulled that right out. To do it well. Yeah. Spike the ball. (laughs) Um, That's right. Yeah. Dave out. (laughs) out. Yeah. It is. I mean, the planning part is all fun and, you know, you get to do fun things and you get to create documents and spreadsheets and people go, oh, that's just so wonderful. It's brilliant. But the hard work is the execution of that plan because, you know, there's a lot of people who won't necessarily agree with what you're saying. Uh, They won't buy off on this is what we need to be doing. Um, and they'll just be passive aggressive and they'll sit in the meetings and they'll smile and they go, oh, yeah, thumbs up. Let's go get some coffee. Um, but they won't actually do the work. And that 
it takes it's hard for somebody, especially when it comes to who is it that manages or directs the launch. It moves around. You might get it one time, Allison and Ray, you get it the next time, I get it the next time. And so it's not like you have one person who sits there for a year or two waiting for the next product to be done and say, oh, good, now I got to do a product launch. We're not going to keep personnel around like that. It's just, I mean, if they're not producing revenue, it's hard to justify their existence Sorry for all the rest of you who don't think you do that, but actually you do. Um, Everybody's involved in some point, but you can't keep them around. And you just can't snag someone from the outside and drop them in and expect them to know anything about your business, the rhythms of your organization, your markets you serve, right? Um, How things are done, like where are the sacred cows, right? And where are the landmines to avoid? I mean, you... They wouldn't know that. And so by having a framework um, to to help guide you, every time someone comes in, they can say, okay, I've been here before. All right. All right. Okay. There we go. I need to do this. And then I need to get that done. I need to get these people together. And they can see some structure to how they're doing it to give them confidence that they're heading in the right direction. Yes. Well, this is sad news, but we have to wrap up. Oh, was it that fast? So fast. How? But one more thing. Okay. Oh, but wait, one there's more. more. But wait, there's more. I can always count on you. As I mentioned, I spent a lot of time on the site, and you've got some really cool stuff that is downloadable, I might add. Oh, yeah, uh, provided yeah. you yeah. sign up and you get access to the newsletter, which yep. I have done. So, so I'm in there, and one of the awesome things that's downloadable is the graphic associated with the process that you've so kindly shared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Described with us today, and along those lines, I want to leave a little teaser. I don't want to go too much into the details about that particular graphic, other than I would like you to share the donut story. Ah, uh, okay. Well, um, so I was working on coming up with a, a way to graphically represent this framework. And gosh, if you if you if you do any searches on Google and look at images around around processes or frameworks, you're just gonna see a lot of rectangles and a lot of squares and it's boring and dull and and I'm like, I need it. It's not representing what's in my head. I can't get it out of my head. But um so I have twin girls and they went out uh one Saturday morning, and I think they got donuts from, you know, the donut shop. It probably was Krispy Kreme, and they came in and they put the donuts on the island, and they flipped it open. And I'm, I, I had my coffee, and I reached in for a donut, and I looked at it, and I said, "That's it. It's donuts." My there wife said, "What are you talking about?" I said, the framework. It's about donuts. I thought you're about launching products. I said, "No, it's the circles, how they interlock with each other." And how they're yeah. tied to each other. It's not they're they're not like boxes with lines connecting to them. They actually touch and they connect. And then I yeah. I drew exactly yeah. exactly. And then I then I and but they're not like a chain either. Yeah. So it was there. So I wanted to show that that these the launch is not a process, but it's a set of interlocking processes in different parts of the business. And that all of them have to coordinate to get to the outcome that 
leadership is expecting. I say leadership, meaning the CEO, the board of directors, and um, too often it just doesn't happen. So I think we're onto something, getting some traction. Yes, please go out and uh, register and download the framework. I think you'll you'll love it. Um, if you want more, just ping me and you know I can talk to you. Whoever wants to, I can talk to them about it all day long. And from time to time, I, I know you've got one coming up that'll probably happen before this airs. But uh, I know you show up online on LinkedIn every now and then with uh, kind of an "Ask Me Anything," yeah, uh, you know, type of uh, event. So uh, those are those of our listeners. Keep an eye out for Dave. Watch oh, him on LinkedIn. Cool. Follow him. Love and like us. But uh, uh, <laughs> listen, the cool people we have on on our show, they do awesome stuff all the time. So so well, thank you. I, I feel humbled. Thank you. <laughs> so for sure. Well. We can't thank you enough, Dave. This has been such a cool time. And I have learned so much from you, by the way, about launches. And I hope our listeners have too. And I want to encourage everybody, like Ray said, uh, run, don't walk to braincraft.com and uh, connect with Dave. And I've been delighted to be on here. You were, you nailed it. You're going to say we're going to be on for about 30 minutes and it'll fly. It did. It was a, such uh, an enjoyable time. I'd be happy to do this anytime. Anything, anytime you want to talk about anything. I can talk about anything. I can talk about, <laughs> I have a lot of new pandemic skills. I can grout tile. I can talk about, <laughs> I can, I can raise, I have raised beds in my garden. I, I can do, I can do, I, I know how nice. to level doors now. Nice. I can do a whole, we could do a whole episode on dogs and your dogs, wine miners. Dogs. You wine probably miners. heard my dogs barking in the background. Good yeah. Point. Good point. That's awesome. Dave, it's been right, great. Thank Thanks you so much. Thanks so much for being with us. All our friends and fans out there, love us, like us, tell your friends about us, find us. Uh, we're all over the place. Uh, gosh, 8, 10, 50 different podcast uh, sources out there. We're the ones. Come find us uh, because you sure matter to us. You are important. Our listeners, we love you. And keep manufacturing out loud because we, we need you. Thank you for listening to MFG Out Loud with Ray Zaganto and Allison DeFore. You can subscribe and find show notes at mfgoutloud.com. 